Welcome to the Startup of the Year podcast, where each episode we showcase exciting new companies from around the world. This podcast is produced by Established, creators of the Startup of the Year program. Established is focused on helping organizations with their innovation, startup, and communication strategies. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Startup of the Year podcast. I'm Frank Gruber, the co-founder and co-CEO of Established, co-founder of Established Ventures, and the team behind the Startup of the Year community and this very podcast. Thanks for being here. And thanks for coming back with us here. We're, we're back. We actually just got back a little bit ago from sunny Tampa, Florida. We had a great time at our ninth annual Start of the Year Summit. Uh, it was brought to you by ReliQuest and hosted by Embark Collective and produced by, empowered by, uh, established here. And uh, on this episode, we're going to be talking about it. We're going to talk about the, the startup of the year. And uh, this year, it was a company called Scout. So I'm going to be talking with the CEO of Scout. Eric Ingram. He's joining me here shortly. Uh, Scout is an amazing company that's developing orbital products and services to enable a new era of space safety and tech transparency. And uh, they're basically adding eyes to space and spacecraft. I guess there's a lot of a lot of things to navigate up there and, um, you know, they're helping make it more clear. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Scout is also, as I mentioned, the winner of our ninth annual start of the year and uh, was at our summit and did a great job pitching down in the sunshine of Tampa, Florida uh, a few, few weeks ago. Uh, and I should mention, it was amazing to be back in person down in, in Florida, in Tampa. Um, you know, it had been 833 days and some odd hours and 15 minutes since we had gotten back together and in person. We did last hosted our summit in Memphis in 2019. So it had been a while. So it was great to have everyone back together again and um, a number of great speakers, incredible speakers. Uh, and we had heard, heard, heard from um, a lot of thought leaders and investors and um, some great fireside chats. So far too many people to list right now. But the good news is, the good news is that you are going to hear them probably over the next few months as we roll them out here on the podcast and share, share the audio from those sessions. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be something to look forward to. And uh, we had some great startups out there too. You know, our semifinals were amazing. It was hard to get down to the uh, top 15 and top five. And I'll just quickly um, rattle off some of the, the companies um, that, that were the top five. So and actually, let's start with the top 15. We had uh, Cope Notes, and they're out of Florida. GetWise out of Massachusetts. Hiroshi, uh, Hiroshi from uh, Texas. We had um, Home Lending Pal out of Florida. Hum, uh, Human Intelligence out of uh, Florida. Uh, Interview AI out of Colorado. Carbon Pay out of Texas, Marvel out of Florida, Neural Labs out of California, Rolavo out of Maryland, Scout out of Virginia, Shamrock out of Florida, uh, Spontively out of uh, Alberta, Canada, and uh, Target Arm out of Connecticut, and The Beans out of California. So those are the top 15. And then we narrowed it from that to the top five, which was, um, and they all pitched, the top five pitched on the final day to a great group of, of investor judges which included um, folks like Derek Brooks, who is a Hall of Fame, um, Hall of Famer in the NFL, and now he's working with Vinick, um, Vinick Sports Group, and uh, he's all, we also had um, Jesse Middleton, who's a general partner of Flybridge and founder of the Community Fund. We had Anna Mason, the managing partner of Rise of the Rest Seed Fund and at Revolution. Uh, Lisa Mitchell, who's the general manager at TechStars. Uh, Erica Dunning, who's the um, founder and managing partner at Rain Ventures. And uh, obviously, 
Jen and myself were also on stage and Consalvo and I were on stage as well. But uh, they pitched uh, amazingly to this, this group of judges and we had some great feedback and interactions there. And um, we're gonna share uh, Eric's Ingrams from Scouts pitch here in a second. But the other uh, four that pitched were Hiroshi from, um, they're from Houston, Texas, Lending Pal, uh, Home Lending Pal out of Orlando, Florida, uh, Rolavo out of um, Baltimore, Maryland, Scout, as I mentioned, out of uh, Alexandria, Virginia, and Target Arm out of Ridgefield, Connecticut. So those were the top five, and they all pitched uh, in person to a group of, of judges and, and crowd and did a great job. So congrats to everyone that came in, you know, and, and came out for the event. Hopefully, you know, everyone made meaningful connections. That's what really it's all about. But uh, those that were in the top 15 and top five got an extra extra chance to shine. And then uh, we also had some uh, People Choice Awards, which P- the People's Choice was brought to you by ReliaQuest this year, and we'll announce those here in a second if you didn't hear who they were already. So, um, so yeah, so these amazing pitches. We're gonna actually let's eh, let's listen into that pitch from from Scout here now. So here's his pitch at start of the year. So my name is Eric Ingram. I am the uh, co-founder and CEO of Scout, and we're developing uh, next generation space sensing technology. So space, uh, the one up there, not the one you're in right now. Uh, is very crowded, and over the next decade, the number of spacecraft or satellites in orbit is expected to go up 40x. We will launch more satellites in the next few years than the previous entirety of human existence. The way we currently track spacecraft is via ground Earth-based radars and telescopes. And while they work great now, as the number of spacecraft and objects in space increase, and as the number of maneuverable spacecraft increase, the ability to track those things will become increasingly strained and can cause a lot of risk to operators in that area. So if you like GPS, if you use uh, internet-based TV and you don't want to lose the Super Bowl spontaneously, that's pretty important to you. So what we are doing is developing in-space vision systems um, to de-risk all of these operations. So our first product is called Scout Vision. It is a payload that goes onboard customer spacecraft that provides vision to those spacecraft and allows them to be cognizant of their surroundings. So um, what that means is that they can then navigate relative to another object. So they can do things like proximity operations and docking maneuvers, but also things like collision avoidance. And uh, we use a proprietary uh, computer vision, machine learning, and guidance and navigation and control software stack to essentially add layers of autonomy and intelligence to spacecraft. We then intend to take those same spacecraft subsystems that we've developed and put them into our own spacecraft to use them as third-person perspectives of uh, perspective observers of things in space. So you can think of them like the traffic cameras of space. We intend to do orbit-wide observation of all of low Earth orbit so that we can provide continuous coverage of orbit. So the current way of tracking things by ground becomes an obsolete concept. And we have uh, incredibly increased information about what's going on in space and what everybody's doing and if they're doing things they shouldn't be doing. So where we are right now is we are a very efficient and capable team. We launched our first payload to space last June. We went from a computer drawing to flown flight hardware in less than nine months with only two full-time people. Um, In the space industry, that is like clinically psychotic uh, statistics. Um, We are a uh, 2020 um, tech, 2021 Techstars alumnus of their uh, Space Accelerator Program and a 2020 Mass Challenge Gold winner. 
we've raised about a million and a quarter um, over two small rounds in investment and brought in about $200,000 in non-dilutive funding. Um, this past December was really good to us. We signed our first uh, customer contract with a company called Momentus to fly two of our systems on their spacecraft later this year, and we received our first uh, DOD phase one contract. Uh, did I mention everything? Oh, and we were second place in the uh, 2021 Hyperspace Challenge, which is a uh, DOD-sponsored mini accelerator competition. Uh, the team that won had just raised like $45 million, so like efficiency-wise, we're doing okay. Um, my background is, is very dynamic in the space industry, done everything from engineering to regulatory work to um, like, I don't know, space janitorial work, like I don't know, everything. Um, my CTO is a background in almost all spacecraft subsystems and is a technical genius. My COO comes from the fintech industry and also has a background in software engineering. So he's uh, taken startups, everything from founding to acquisition and is also leading our software development. And we have advisors uh, helping us out from many different perspectives of the industry, from business to defense, to uh, commercial operations, to national security. And actually like this chart is outdated because we recently onboarded um, more people. So my bad. Um, uh, they're probably not watching. Um, and uh, yeah, we're, we're actively growing. We are uh, about to open up a seed round raise and uh, things are going well. So <laughs> again, my name is Eric Ingram, uh, co-founder and CEO of Scout, and we are developing a new vision for spaceflight. Thank you. All right. Very cool. That was great. All right, who's got the first question? I have a few. I have a few questions. Uh, um, let's follow up. I have more questions, but can you? So maybe I'll sneak in a two-part question. Um, I'm a Capricorn. What? <laughs> how? Um, what happens when the traffic cops catch someone? What like what happens on the other side of that? Traffic arrest. Space traffic arrest. No. Um, we are data collectors and aggregators. Um, we are not the decision makers with what happens to the bad guys. But right now, this data set does not exist and definitely doesn't exist commercially. So we are providing a new service. We, we have a, a lot of interest from the defense side. And so uh, they will likely be um, customers of the raw data itself, but also a lot of the services we'll be able to provide. And then there's a regulatory framework called space traffic management that is under development, let's say. Uh, talk to your Congress people about moving that forward, please. Um, and we're trying to position ourselves to be a means of regulatory requirements for uh, that regulatory ecosystem. So how do you, how oh, do you, <laughs> what was part two? Was, <laughs> was really curious as to, um, if you can just sort of describe in detail the specific IP, because I would assume that spacecraft already have cameras and you know other sort of navigational tools. So what is it about this that's, truly unique and more efficient. Yes, yeah, spacecraft are really good at the job they're designed to do, and none of them are designed to be able to navigate to, relative to other things around them. So, I mean, just rough estimate, 99.9% .9 of spacecraft do not have this capability on board today. Um, nine, uh, we're like a 90-10 split between software and hardware. Most of our IP is on the software side. Again, we have uh, proprietary computer vision, machine learning, and guidance and navigation and control software stack that we've developed that allows spacecraft to be cognizant of their so you're surroundings. you're kind of making it like a self-driving car. Yeah, we're adding layers of autonomy to spacecraft. Uh, and we just announced yesterday that we're actually packaging those software packages up individually to be able to sell to customers 
uh, who just want bits and pieces of those capabilities of the different parts of the autonomy stack. And so we can access additional marketplaces with that, with stuff we've already developed. So it's very low effort to access a ton of additional revenue potential. So who are your clients? Just United States or other countries? Friendly countries. <laughs> so allies. Yeah. Um, the, our initial uh, beachhead market is with the satellite servicing sector because their primary mission is either repairing, moving, uh, refueling other spacecraft. And so um, being able to navigate and dock with their customers is really important to them making money. And we're like a fundamental step to allow them to enhance that capability. So we've gotten a lot of interest from them. Additionally, I mentioned there's defense interest for several reasons of, of what we're developing. Um, and looking out to our space traffic management, space domain awareness, mass market product, that's when you get into servicing uh, users of the space commons, so people utilizing low Earth orbit, um, hypothetically your SpaceX, Starlinks, if they were to pay for something, um, and then uh, other users who want to ensure the safety of their spacecraft by knowing uh, more accurately what's happening around their spacecraft, if there's any collision risks or anything like that. Uh, I commend you on your uh, efficiency so far. A out of curiosity, how do you view your capital requirements over the next decade? We this are is the final question. Final okay. Yeah. So um, short answer is as much capital as you want to give me. The longer answer <laughs> is, um, so to get to an MVP of the space traffic management framework that I said, we're looking at about 30 million all in. We want to offset as much investment as possible with revenue, which is why we've developed our business to generate revenue with products we have developed now with different customer segments as we uh, improve. Um, but again, we're very efficient. I mean, with you know less than $500,000 invested, we got our first mission to space. Uh, we're going to do this even if we have to do it with duct tape. So we prefer to you know at least have very nice duct tape. Let's hope it's not Congrats. duct tape. But thank you very much, Scout. Appreciate it. All right. Eric is definitely charismatic on the mic and did a great job fielding the questions. He had fun with it. So that's uh, super important. And you can, you can see uh, he's, doing, he's building a really interesting company. All right, now shifting gears. It's time to hear an interview with Eric. So let's bring Eric on and uh, jump right in. All right, super excited to be here. Congratulations again, Eric, on being the start of the year, our ninth annual start of the year last week at Summit. How's it feel? It feels great. Um, still riding that high, still, um, you know, taking it all in. It's been an exciting week. Yeah, excellent, excellent. So for those of you that, or for those that are listening that maybe didn't understand your pitch because it's maybe a little too in-depth for them, can you give us, break it down, give us the, if I had to explain this to my mother, what would what would you tell them kind of scenario for what you're doing at Scout? Gotcha. And it's a slightly twofold, as you probably heard in the uh, pitch itself, but space is very crowded and spacecraft are flying blind. So the initial product we're making is essentially eyes for spacecraft. So our systems go on board customer spacecraft or satellites and allow them to see what's going on around them so that they can try to uh, avoid any accidents or to uh, uh, perform different kinds of operations that need that site capability. And then addition to that, our long-term product is Basically, you can think about it as a traffic camera. So um, the highway of space has a lot of uh, satellites and things going around the orbit. And um, we want to set a network of 
in space cameras essentially to watch the traffic in orbit to be able to uh, track what's going on and see um, who is doing good things and who's not doing good things. Perfect. That's that's great. So I definitely think spectacles for space is definitely something my mother would understand. And traffic is another thing she would get. So thank you for breaking that down. I'm sure she's listening and now has a clear picture of what you're up to over there at Scout. And uh, for those of you maybe that didn't understand, like maybe you didn't explain it fully, um, how did you come up with this idea and for how long have you been working on, on this project? So this idea was kind of the result of a lot of different things happening. Um, I've been in the space industry my entire career, so I've gotten um, several different experiences uh, from everything from engineering to um, regulatory work. And I've seen gaps in the needs uh, of the space industry for additional data and information and transparency about what's going on in space. So that in combination with uh, my CTO having experience uh, a few years before Scout was founded, um, where he lost a satellite of his to unknown causes. And part of his frustration was um, if he was just able to see his satellite, he would know what was wrong with it and know how to fix it. Um, and they spent months trying to recover it and trying to do things. And they're not even sure if the efforts that they did actually made this situation worse. So all of that to say, there is a need for more information, more data, more services to observe things in space. And so uh, it's a nice little niche that we've carved out for ourselves. And um, the company is about three years old now um, and very well positioned from a technology standpoint to uh, hopefully seize a big chunk of that market. So he's literally, you, you put a, a satellite in space and you don't, you can't really figure out, like if something goes wrong, you, you don't know where it is, is what you're saying. It gets lost up, it's literally lost in space. <laughs> it, it's a little more nuanced than that. Um, spacecraft have additional onboard sensors like GPS and um, different location sensors like star trackers that basically look at the, the stars in the background and kind of let the spacecraft know where it is pointing. Um, but if you have a major malfunction and you're not able to get that data down from the spacecraft, um, then basically, like you said, it's it's uh, the space version of just being dead in the water. And it's um, wow. very difficult to overcome those issues. Right, so either let it just continue to orbit, right? And so so I guess, is, are there a lot of, I guess, dead, lost, I guess, what, how, what do you call these these satellites that are running, running around that maybe have lost control? Um, it, it's not as many as it, it might sound, uh, but I, maybe derelict. I don't know if there's an official <laughs> word, uh, yep. Yep. but you know, it, it's a, it's something that happens. Right. And, right. you know, in addition to that, there's the debris that is in orbit. There is, um, satellite collisions or, uh, satellite tests in orbit that cause more debris. Um, and so there's a lot of different things happening that make, um, orbit specifically low earth orbit, a very, um, complex, uh, neighborhood to operate in. That makes sense. And so some of the other things that are up there are, are space junk, right. Or debris, as you mentioned, and that's just from, you know, what is it about 50 or so years of sending things up there and some, some things work, some things didn't. And so there's still, there's no garbage collector, right? Not yet. There's a lot of, there's several companies working towards being the, the garbage collector of space and, 
you know, we're trying to talk to all of them about us being the eyes for their, uh, their garbage trucks, let's say. Uh, I'm trying to make as many car analogies as possible. I don't know if I should keep going with that or not. No, I like it. It makes it's <laughs> making it more clear in my brain of what, what you're actually doing. So that's yeah. really cool. And so, so it sounds like you're, you've got, you found a niche, the, the, the vision for space, right? And, and I guess, what are some of the things you need to do now that, that you have this, this product out there? What are some of the, I guess, partnerships or I guess who could be some of your users out there? So our initial customer base is with the satellite servicing part of the industry. And um, I think I mentioned it in the pitch, but it, it, that's related to things like repairing, moving, refueling other spacecraft, because before you can do all of those kinds of operations, including the debris cleanup, or the junk cleanup, like you mentioned before, you need to be able to see what's what that thing is and how it's positioned and um, be able to navigate relative to it. So the first step towards any of those complex operations is being able to see and know what's going on. And so that's really where we fall into place. And we're um, working to build up our customer base, both on the commercial side and the government side. Um, we recently announced that uh, we've broken up our um, software into individual products. So as part of our initial um, Scout Vision product, which is our uh, vision system that we put on customer spacecraft, we developed a lot of software that add layers of autonomy to spacecraft operations and um, can allow them to do uh, some pretty interesting and fun things. So in order to reach wider markets and gain more uh, exposure to the industry, we're now offering several of those uh, bits of software and capabilities as standalone products for customers who might not have or might not want um, specific vision capabilities on board. Very cool. And then I guess the other piece you mentioned is kind of the second, second phase is, uh, you know, traffic. What is that going to look like? What are you kind of, what are you forecasting? Because you're obviously building a product for the future. Um, well now and the future, what are you guys thinking about when you're, when you're doing that? And what do you kind of envision space looking like in, you know, five to 10 years, five to 10 years, it's going to get a lot more crowded. <laughs> um, you know, the number of spacecraft is going to go up 40 X. Uh, and wow, so 40 X 40. Yeah. The current estimate for the 10 year outlook, I think is a 40 X increase wow. in spacecraft. That's really crazy to think about. And, um, yeah, so yeah. And, so I guess maybe I should dial it back. What do you think in the next couple of years? And then obviously it sounds like it's going to explode. Well, hopefully we'll keep the explosions to a minimum, but, um, <laughs> I hope so too. Yeah. We're, we're building up our capabilities. It's going to take a few years to get to the point where we can do orbit-wide monitoring of traffic. But um, I mean, if we look forward, let's say five to 10 years, let's say we've got our full network established, then what that means is that at a slightly higher altitude than most of the, the traffic, we'll have a um, fleet of our own spacecraft essentially looking down at low Earth orbit and tracking everything that's going on. So, um, you know, there'll be a lot of dots moving, basically. Um, and, you know, we're going to track the dots and uh, gain some other interesting information about what they're doing. And um, it's just going to be a way to add that transparency. We'll have a platform for people to uh, access data about their spacecraft. We'll have um, customers purchasing the raw data by itself to use for different things, um, you know, like government purposes and things like that. And so it'll be, um, 
it's like a layer, right? It's like a layer of lower than like, if you think about like satellites have done this for governments and other organizations for years, right? The mostly of, of, of earth. So you're literally doing a, a layer focused on space. Exactly. And we're not even sure everything that these services and data and products can be used for. Um, there could be entire industries that pop up based on um, the kinds of data we'll be acquiring at, you know, a pretty massive scale. Yeah. And I can certainly imagine there's a number of UFO hunters out there that can't wait to see what you see as well. <laughs> so they're wondering if you can maybe yeah, we'll have to turn off the cameras every time the UFOs go past. So sorry. Of course, of course, right, of course. No, but but in, in, to be serious, like there are there have been a lot of sightings over the last several years have been released and um, you know by the government, right? These unidentified flying objects, and we're not really sure what they are. They could be, you know, a number of things. That's why they're un, unidentified. But I'm curious to to hear once you get that vision up there, what kinds of things you you all see. Yeah, um, honestly, I hadn't even thought about the UFO thing, but um, that is that is definitely interesting. And, um, you know, hopefully if we do catch something, they actually let us talk about it. But, you know, we'll see. Um, a lot of possibilities. Lots. Yeah, definitely. Very exciting. OK, let's shift gears a little bit because we are coming off this uh, exciting week and we were out in, in Tampa. The, the sun came out for you to pitch and you did a fantastic job. I uh, want to just hear overall, how was the summit aside from, you know, winning aside from that, how was it for you? It was great. And I would say, you know, that two hours of sunlight was enough to give me a sunburn, which I thought was oh, wow. uh, pretty funny and a testament to how much more I need to go outside on a regular basis. Um, the event was great. Uh, it, the The speakers, at least the ones I watched, I'm sure all of them were wonderful, but um, the speakers I saw were great, provided uh awesome amount of information um you know the other entrepreneurs i was able to meet uh gave good insight you know they're all working on different things and have different problems and uh you know some of those problems overlap you know um and so able to exchange war stories and potential solutions that way um of course the llamas were a great touch uh, i was pretty excited about that that's what um, I'm doing. I love llamas. I don't know if you figured that out, but they just bring joy, right? <laughs> it, honestly, it's, it's one of the one of the more random things I've seen at uh, at an event, and somehow it made sense. You know, I <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, excellent, excellent. Um, we uh, we enjoy bringing this. This is you know our ninth annual, and we we brought them to just about everyone last year virtually. We had them even uh, in in some of the sessions, so that was kind of fun. Um, and yeah, so just like to bring joy to everyone. Cause it is, you know, it can be a little bit, um, daunting. There's a lot going on and obviously a lot of, um, sessions and, and things that you're trying to be a part of. And so we want to just bring some things that can also make it fun for everyone. So I wanted to hear about your, your matchmaking, any potential investor, anything, anything else that you thought was solid from the, from the, uh, event and, and obviously, um, you know, being the start of the year, obviously being a big one for you as well. The uh, the the group of investors there um, was pretty awesome as well. Um, part of the decision making that went into uh, us attending was that there is an investor we really wanted to meet in person that was attending. And so we're like, all right, this is a good opportunity for that. Um, so that networking potential is, is something that also drove our desire to attend the event. Um, and based on the conversation I've had, um, 
I have a few follow-up conversations. Uh, I think winning the uh, competition helped a bit, but um, you know, I think I came out of that with about four or five solid leads on potential investors. And as we're heading into a, a fairly large seed rate seed raise, um, that hopefully will position us fairly well. Fantastic. That's great to hear. I know you came out of uh, Techstars as well. So obviously, um, you know, they have a great network and we're, some of those folks were there as well. So that's, that's great to hear. I wanted to just hear, what was your experience like with that? When did you guys go through Techstars? We were part of the Techstars Space Accelerator program in summer of 2021. So, um, I don't know, like nine months ago, something like that. Uh, and it was a, uh, let's say a whirlwind experience. Um, because of COVID, it was still remote. So that was um, unfortunate, but we packed in so much business development and experience in those three months. Like it was amazing. It was essentially like having a second job. Uh, it was a lot of work, but um, was definitely worth it. And, you know, we came out the other end um, way better positioned as a company and as like individual um, founders and executives, whatever uh based on that experience so um yeah the the network is definitely useful uh but the experience is really what's allowed to allowed us to get to where we are right now that's great um any words of advice for founders out there growing a company we've got a lot of listeners that are startup founders probably you know maybe have ideas of doing things in space i mean because it's very ambitious what you guys are doing right like you don't hear you're starting to hear a lot more about space products but it's becoming more um you know, I guess easier to produce those types of, of offerings with, you know, than it was maybe say 10, 15 years ago. But for anybody out there that has just a wild idea, um, what, what, what would you tell them? Pursue it until you find out it's not worth pursuing. Um, that's generally what I would say. I started this company while I was uh, full-time uh, at a, my previous job and worked on it part-time for about eight months before I left to go full-time. Uh, and I actually, you know, hired someone um, to work full-time prior to me going. So, I mean, leverage your means and what you have, you know, don't mortgage your house to get it off the ground. But if you pass those decision gates where you find out it's worth pursuing this much more, it's worth pursuing this much more then you know, uh, keep moving. And if that happens quickly, it happens quickly. Uh, if it doesn't, um, you know, it's, it's fine. Um, it's a roller coaster ride. It's an experience. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I can write about 10 books so far and my company is only three years old. Um, but I will say, you know, traction takes time. Um, it was really only around the time we started the Techstars program when we actually started to get traction. Um, so we had, you know, two years of a lot of effort with not a ton of positive outcome, but, you know, we knew it was worth pursuing. So we kept grinding and, um, you know, I put in the effort you need to put in, but, you know, don't sacrifice yourself to do it. Great advice uh, for everyone out there, because it does take, takes a little while. And I love that you, you started as a side hustle and, you know, obviously some folks do that and it's great because you can kind of get a little bit of momentum and get your get your feet wet and then find the right time to to kind of get going uh on your own so great uh great to hear that um anything else you want to share uh for those out there listening anything else you want listeners to to know about your company or maybe how to get in contact with you anything you're looking for 
that you need help with, maybe you could share it here and we'll try to connect it. Yeah, I mean, for one, just spreading awareness that we exist is, is pretty great. Um, I don't think we'll end up being a household name like SpaceX, but uh, I'm hopeful that, you know, maybe one day we can. Um, additionally, we're hiring right now for um, computer vision engineers, uh, guidance, navigation and control engineers, flight software engineers, and um, business development folks. So uh, if you're interested in that, go to scout.space, which is our website, and you can check out what we have there. And, um, you know, I just appreciate people being along for the journey and uh, um, being part of everything that's going on. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Eric. And I should mention Scout. I love the name and it's at scout.space. You've got a great domain, but I should mention what Scout stands for. It's actually Spacecraft Observing and Understanding Things. So it actually is an acronym in itself for what you're actually doing. So it makes a lot of sense to me and I, I love it. So appreciate uh, what you're doing and thank you so much for being here and congratulations again on being our ninth startup of the year. Thanks so much, Eric. It was great to talk to you and uh, really excited about Scout everything we got going going over there and uh, appreciate you breaking it down for us here on the interview. I also want to mention that the uh, live stream of the event is um, also out there. So if you go to our YouTube channel, if you just go to SOTY.link forward slash EST YouTube, you can find it and uh, you can watch both days, uh, day one and day two of the, of the summit where day one is all about the speakers and day two, we had a couple speakers and then we had the finals. So check those out on, on YouTube, the established uh, YouTube account. All right. Now, Scout wasn't the only winner. Uh, everyone that participated, obviously, you know, was there, hopefully made connections and built, built relationships that will last and continue to, to build, help them build their company and elevate their company. Um, we also had our ninth annual Startup the Year People's Choice Awards, which were presented by ReliaQuest. And I wanted to mention just the different categories and some of the winners there. Uh, these were all voted on by the um, general public. So there was a poll out there floating around, and, and that's how we selected these. So we had a couple of categories this year, and then an overall winner. The um, the categories are, there's five categories, and there's ag tech, climate tech, sustainability, space tech, robotics, aerospace, and manufacturing. And the winner there was Genesis Systems uh, out of Tampa, Florida. Genesis Systems also won a special award this year from us called the uh, Breakout uh, Start of the Year, which basically means that they grew outgrew the awards. And more or less, we had to um, provide them with a special award because they couldn't compete with everyone else. They just it wouldn't have been fair necessarily because they've, they've grown so fast. So Genesis Systems is really doing some interesting things. They're, you know, basically creating these cubes that suck all the, basically suck all the air into it and then create water. So um, pretty, pretty cool technology and I'm excited about what they're doing down in Tampa. Uh, IoT, IoT, cyber security, uh, data, data cloud, AR, VR, and MIL, um, or AI and ML. Um, that category was was uh, Mind um, VR out of Dallas, Texas. The category of fintech, insurtech, legal tech, uh, True State out of Tampa, Florida won that award for People's Choice. And then health tech, biotech, life sciences, uh, or sorry, lifestyle and wellness was Cope Notes out of Tampa, Florida. And then social impact, culture, or HR, or pr uh, productivity, real estate, uh, marketplaces, and ed tech went to Hello out of um, Puerto Rico. So. Lots of great companies there. And the overall winner of the People's Choice Award at the uh, ninth Annual Startup of the Year Summit and awards was Cope Notes out of Tampa, Florida. Love what they're doing. And uh, you can check them out at copenotes.com. We'll drop that into the show notes for you. And uh, hopefully you get a chance to check out all these companies. They all did an amazing job. 
um, and really appreciate everyone that, that came down and participated with us. It was a lot of fun uh, to do and get back in person. So I'm still kind of recovering from the uh, the glow of, of being able to be out in person with people again. So excited about that and looking forward to doing more with all of you in the future. So um, hopefully you enjoyed the uh, the episode here today and you learned something from the conversation that Eric and I had. Um, and uh, yeah, we're kind of at a wrapping point here of the episode. So if you have a startup idea and you want to get it going, uh, today is the best day to start up, not tomorrow, not the next day. I encourage you to get Get it going. Join our community for access to support, expert advice, and resources that you'll need to elevate your startup. Just simply go to startupoveyear.com, hit the application button, and join us. It's free. Until next time, I'm Frank Gruber signing off, and good luck out there starting up. Thanks for listening to the Startup of the Year podcast. Be sure to subscribe, and we'll be back with another episode soon.